John chapter 14 tonight, <clears throat> John chapter number 14, and we're going to look at a familiar passage of scripture this evening and uh, a uh, simple uh, Bible study, and uh, you'll find when I give the title um, uh, that it is, it seems to be a very simple Bible study, but I think tonight, if nothing else, uh, the Bible study organizes um, some truths that you and I need to remember and be reminded of. So I don't think there'll be one thing that, that one of the, the main truths I bring out that <coughs> either we haven't seen, uh, heard preached before, uh, think of often, uh, but it's good for us to be reminded. And when, I, when, when, when we get into it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, but I do want you to continue to, uh, as I've already mentioned, to pray for everything we have going on. And God's certainly been good. And I look forward to seeing how God blesses in the future. John 14, verse number one, let not your heart be troubled. That's just a good way to start a chapter, isn't it? <clears throat> of course, this is our Lord speaking. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Of course, the Lord has told his disciples that he's going to be leaving them. And that's why we get that's where we get John chapter number 14. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful chapter in God's word. And certainly wonderful, wonderful truths as we begin this chapter. Tonight, the Bible study I've entitled is why I want to go to heaven. Why I want to go to heaven. Now, I'm not ready to go tonight. Uh, but uh, if the Lord saw fit, then that's 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 certainly uh, his business, but because uh, I have more I want to do for the Lord, uh, but why I want to go to heaven. Do you ever think about heaven? Uh, well, I, I think the, 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 the worst, the older I get, the more I get into God's word, and the worse this world gets, I sure, I sure find myself thinking about heaven in an awful lot. And when I was a young man growing up and that exam was ready, I prayed for the rapture many, many times, but, uh, uh, but uh, I, 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 why I want to go to heaven, I'm going to give you uh, seven, there's plenty more that I could give you. I'm going to give you seven reasons tonight why I want to go to heaven. Keep your Bible handy. Hold your spot here. We're going to be in Revelation 2021 several times, a couple places in the New Testament. <coughs> so <ask> the Lord, <coughs> bless the study tonight. Father, help us tonight as we look into your word and we're reminded of that wonderful place called heaven, <coughs> uh, eternity, uh, what we have to look forward to as your children. And Father, we can look forward to heaven, not because of our own doing, not because of our own goodness, not because of something we deserve, but simply because of your love, your mercy, your grace, and the forgiveness found in the Lord Jesus Christ. May tonight's Bible study, may the message be an encouragement to the child of God. May it keep things in perspective, and certainly may we be reminded of an eternity that waits for us, and may we encourage ourselves with what we were reminded of this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've already mentioned, uh, certainly I'm thankful uh, that you can know uh, that heaven is your eternal home. Uh, there's a lot of peace that comes with that. Uh, and, and sometimes I, I look at this world and, and I try to imagine I have the, the, the wonderful privilege of having a testimony of I got saved as a child. And I can't remember uh, not having that peace, not having that assurance because I was able to trust Christ as my Savior as a child. 
How does the world cope with wondering and hoping? And I'm sure we've all done that. You ask somebody, do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? I hope so. I'm glad that I don't hope so. I have a hope. It's Jesus Christ. But because he's my hope, I don't have to hope so. I know for certain uh, that heaven is my eternity. When the time comes, if, if, if that trumpet doesn't sound and I draw my last breath, in that instant, I'm going to be in the presence of the Savior. I'm going to be in eternity. <clears throat> I don't just hope that's true. I believe it's true. As sure as, I believe it's more real than what we see this evening. I believe that, that, that is, the, certainly we believe this, that is what we have. <clears throat> Sometimes, if we're not careful, and certainly when there's as much turmoil in the world as there is in the day we live, and certainly when there's an, as, as much access to people reminding us of how bad things are in this world, certainly we don't need to keep a temporal view. We need to keep an eternal view. And uh, heaven is a real place. It is a place that you and I, at, <laughs> through salvation, are going to go. Uh, but sometimes I think it's good for the child of God. Many times I have a habit of thinking about heaven. What does the Bible say about heaven? Uh, what does the Bible tell me about heaven? Where's my hope? Uh, my hope is not anything I see down here. Uh, heaven uh, is forever. How long is forever? We're promised, Scripture mentions, uh, 70 and 2 years. And, and however many the Lord gives us, that is, that is nothing compared uh, to just the millennial reign of Christ, just that thousand-year reign uh, that, that, that the Lord uh, tells us about in, his, in, in the book of Revelation. We must uh, consider heaven and think about heaven. So I've <clears throat> got a little bit longer outline tonight. So <clears throat> I want to tell you why I want to go to heaven. And I, I believe that as you hear the reasons why I want to go to heaven, uh, I believe that there'll be the same reasons why you want to go to heaven. And uh, heaven is something that we need to keep our focus on. Why do we do what we do? Because there is a heaven. Uh, there really is a place called heaven. And so I want us to see, first of all, <clears throat> in our text tonight, I'll give you reason number one on why I want to go to heaven. Number one, Jesus is there. I, I can think back, I, I have the privilege of growing up in church. I remember hearing from a small, small child, uh, two, three, four, five, children's church, Sunday school, flannel graph. We had no tablets back then. You know, there's, there's mansions in heaven, streets made of gold. I want to go to heaven. That'd be pretty cool because there's streets made of gold. But as I begin to understand salvation, and certainly the, the longer I'm saved, that's nice, and I'm certain we'll enjoy it. But I want to go to heaven because that's where Jesus is. Jesus is there. <clears throat> he reminds the disciples in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where <clears throat> I am, there ye may be also. Think about that. That where he is, he wants us to be with him. <clears throat> We're going to be with him. Often I read through the Gospels and I'm jealous of the disciples because they saw Jesus with their eyes. <clears throat> they heard him with their ears. They certainly uh, were, were, were around him. They were in his presence. Uh, they, could, they could feel the presence of the Son of God. And what a privilege they had to, privilege to leave everything they knew to follow the Son of God and to be in his presence. And often I read that as, what would it be like to, <clears throat> I read these words and they're just as real. <clears throat> They've been preserved. 
if Jesus was here today, he'd say the same things that he says in his in his word. But how 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 what it would it sound like? What does the voice of the Son of God sound like? Well, I'm reminded that when I get to heaven, I'm going to hear his voice. What would it have been like to see him? And I think of when Jesus was outside the tomb of Lazarus in that famous verse of scripture, Jesus wept. What emotions would it have stirred in my heart, in your heart, to see tears come down the face of the Son of God? Now, uh, we're not going to see him cry in heaven because there'll be no tears in heaven. But the point I'm making is we're going to see Jesus. We're going to be in his presence. The disciples were being comforted by Christ because he was telling them he's leaving. When we see Jesus, we're never going to be out of his presence. We're always going to be in his presence. I want to go to heaven because Jesus is there. I want to go to heaven because that's where he is. I think that's a pretty good reason to want to go to heaven. Number two, I want to go to heaven because the alternative is hell. There's just heaven and there's just hell. There's two choices. Well, I just want to stay here. That's not a choice. <clears throat> well, what's the third option? There's not an option. Well, maybe I'll stay in purgatory. You won't find that in the Bible. There's heaven, there's hell. I want to go to heaven because the alternative is hell. And sometimes <clears throat> there's all kinds of reasons I, <clears throat> why, why, <clears throat> why we, we want to get saved and the Spirit of God works in our heart, but, but not wanting to go to hell is not a bad reason. And I know as a child, <clears throat> I was scared of hell. The thought of not having salvation and that would be my attorney. I want to go to heaven because the alternative is hell. Uh, turn with me to the book of Revelation, if you will, chapter number 20. Revelation chapter number 20. And then when you get there, hold your spot there because we'll be flipping back and forth. Revelation chapter number 20. <clears throat> and I'll begin reading in verse number 11 of Revelation chapter number 20. And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. <clears throat> there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Luke chapter 16, I remind you of the story of the, the, the Lazarus and the rich man. <clears throat> Verse uh, number 22 of, of Luke 16, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into the Abraham's bosom and rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus to his bosom. Lazarus did not go to hell, but the rich man did. I mean, I want to go to heaven and I'm excited about going to heaven because Jesus is there. But I'm excited about going to heaven because the alternative is hell. And friend, I would encourage you tonight, if you don't know for certain you're going your way to heaven, I would get it settled because the only alternative is that horrible place called hell. <clears throat> I want to go to heaven because the alternative is hell. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful thought to think that even though I deserve hell, I'll never spend a moment there. I'll never, I'll never experience what the agony is, the suffering is. <clears throat> I want to go to heaven because the alternative is hell. Number three, <clears throat> I want to go to heaven because there's no sin there. Don't you hate sin? 
If you don't hate sin, you should hate sin. Uh, I hate what sin does. We look at the things of this world and how messed up this world is. You know what it's a result of? It's a result of sin. Uh, it's a result of uh, man's sin, and sin destroys. <clears throat> All you've got to do is be reminded by going to the book of Genesis and reading how man lived to be centuries old, hundreds of years old. Why don't we live that way now? Because we all start eating McDonald's for one, but that's, that's, that's one reason. But no, that's sin. That's the result of sin. Because sin came into this world, it's never going to be better. We just got to make this world better. Never going to be better because sin is here. It is the nature of sin. It's a good reminder for us. Sin is very nature destroys. Sin is very nature corrupts. And that's why we got to be careful to, to keep sin and confess our sin and stay away from sin because that's what sin is. But I want to go to heaven because there is no sin there. You ever go out in this world and have to do with things in this world and just feel dirty because of sin? Uh, our own sin, the effects of sin in this world. There's no sin there. Revelation chapter 21 reminds me of that. In verse number 27, And there shall no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is something I ponder from time to time, and I can't, we can't fully understand it because we've never known the reality of an absence of sin. There's, since our existence, our life, God granted us life. We've always been affected by sin. This place called heaven, nothing that defiles can enter in. There'll be no sin there. Uh, certainly, you and I are reminded every day that we're sinners. And certainly, there are things we do, things we say, things we think, and we, I wish I hadn't have done that, and, and I shouldn't have done that, and, and our, our nature, sin nature gets the best of us, and we've Make those things right with the Lord. Uh, but they'll, in heaven, there'll be no, oops, I should have, shouldn't have said that. Or the effects of sin. What's happened in our nation? In spite of the fact that I still believe our nation is the greatest nation in the world, you, all you got to do is have a, 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 a small understanding of the founding of our nation and what God has done in our nation through the, through the centuries to see how far we have come. Say, so why, why are we where we are because of uh, uh, in our nation? Why are things taking place? And why, why is the problems that we have that politicians are trying to, 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 to solve? You can't solve them because they're a result of sin. You, it, politicians would get bored. They wouldn't have to create programs if there was a revival in our nation and we turned from our sin. That's why God says you've got to acknowledge and turn from your sin before you have a revival. Then you'd see a change. But in heaven, sin's not going to be it. Sin's not going to be there. What a wonderful... I don't know if you ever get frustrated with yourself. Anybody? Just me. Okay. Get frustrated with yourself. It's like, I, I know better than that. What, what, i I got to be more careful than that. I've got to be... I, I, I've got to be on guard, guard. I don't know if you ever get frustrated with yourself. If you, you ought to get frustrated with yourself from time to time because this whole flesh hinders us. It limits us. 
It, 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 it keeps us uh, from being what we should be in this world is that way. But in heaven, there's no sin there. No sin will enter there. Nothing that defiles will enter into heaven. Uh, think about that as best we can. We ought to understand that. We, I want to go to heaven because there is no sin there. It breaks the heart of this pastor to see the results of sin in somebody's life. And you look at heartache and you look at tragedy and you, you look at broken homes and you look at broken lives. And sin is the culprit. Well, Pastor, they didn't mean it's been that way for everybody. We don't mean to get there, but sin does it. That's why, just as a side note, I don't understand Christians that get upset today as a pastor that stand against, against sin and preaches against sin. I'll do it if everybody leaves because I've seen the result of what sin does, and I get tired of seeing the results of sin. But you know, in heaven, I'm going to stroll down those golden streets. And there's going to be no sad stories because there's going to be no corruption of sin. What a wonderful place that is. You know, don't, don't we have, isn't church like a breath of fresh air? Because when you come to church, there ought to be some things that aren't at church. That's why I don't understand the, the movement to bring the world into the church. I want to get away from that. I want to a place where it's going to be different. And often as we enjoy fellowship, we enjoy singing unto the Lord, we enjoy the preaching of the Word of God, sometimes we say something like, this is just a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. But it's really best we can do because heaven's going to be so much more. There's going to be no corruption. Sin can't enter there. Therefore, there's going to be no defiling there. I thank God, I thank God, and some of you could give testimony, I thank God that sin can... No matter what sin does to a life, if somehow turn to the Lord and trust Christ as their salvation, as far as heaven's concerned and God is concerned, they are white as snow. But sometimes you can still see the results. <coughs> you see <coughs> the scars. And what a wonderful thought that God will forgive us and take us back and make us whole and certainly salvation cover under his blood. But you know what? We're going to have glorified bodies. There's going to be no evidence of what sin did to us. There's going to be no reminder of what sin did to us because nothing that defiles will enter there. Well, I want to go to heaven because there's no sin there. It's, it's, it's not there. Number four. I like this one too. I like the other ones and I like the other ones that are coming, but I, I like this one too. I want to go to heaven because Satan won't be there. We know this, but I like to read it anyway, just in case he's wandering around so he can hear it tonight. In Revelation 20, in beginning with verse number 1, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now skip down, that thousand years is up. He's loosed on the earth for a short time. But then in verse number 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, 
where the beast and the false prophet are, shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's a good place for the devil to be. And the day is coming. <clears throat> and he works overtime as he sees his time getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But the day is coming <clears throat> when just as we just read, he is going to be taken and thrown into the lake of fire forever. And, and sometimes and many times we as Christians forget that we have an adversary, we have an enemy who's actively trying to destroy us, who's actively trying to hinder us. And that's why we must live in the spirit, do things in the spirit, because that's the only thing that will overcome the power of our adversary. But the day is coming that as we prepare to spend eternity with our Lord, Satan's being taken and bound that we'll never have to deal with him again. We'll never have to hear his name again. Well, I, I, I want to go to heaven because Jesus is there, but I want to go to heaven because hell's the alternative. I want to go to heaven because no sin is there, but I want to go to heaven because Satan's not going to be there. I think it's good for us to encourage ourselves and encourage one another. The day's going to come. We won't have to deal with our adversary. We won't have to deal with our enemy. He's not going to hinder us living in the Spirit and using the Word of God and, and in the power of God. But that's why He's seeking whom He may devour, that vulnerable one. He's seeking them. And it's just a reminder to us tonight, while we're talking about heaven, to remind us in our Christian life to don't, have, don't take a day off of the Christian life because your adversary is watching, your adversary is waiting, and he's calling right now. And so he's, <clears throat> but when we, I want to go to heaven because Satan will not be there. And it's good to remind him. Sometimes I remind him, he messes, he, he messes with me. I know he messes with you too. And sometimes I, <clears throat> as I pray and pray for, pray, pray for, pray for uh, the people that I pastor, and I, 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 maybe this, this sounds weird to you, but I do talk to the devil. Yeah, you know, not besides my mother-in-law, I, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do talk, I do talk to the devil, and I fuss at him for messing with the people I love, and I remind him that the day is coming. The day is coming, and there are times that that he hinders God's work and hinders God's people, and it's good for God's people to remind him the day is coming. We're going to heaven. We're getting our glorified body. The blood of Christ has overcome our sin. But you are not getting in. You can't go there. The day's coming when your, your access to heaven is done. And you're going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. Heaven's going to be pretty good, isn't it? I want to go to heaven because the devil won't be there. Number five, I want to go to heaven because there's no disappointment or sorrow. <coughs> we look at Revelation 20 again. A familiar verse of scripture, verse 10, and we see that, I'm sorry, verse 21, um, well, I've, I've wrote down the wrong reference, verse 4 of chapter 21, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Is it being disappointed? Just like taking a punch in the gut. So I don't know what that's like. Come up after the service and I'll, I'll, I'll help you with that spiritual analogy. It takes the wind out of you. 
Oh, you, should, you get it. Okay, we, we can get over it. We should get over it. But nobody likes to be disappointed. Nobody likes sorrow. Sorrow, that grieving of the spirit, that spirit that is wounded, that we carry that burden, we, we deal with that pain, that sorrow. You know, we've all experienced that. You know, when we get to heaven, we'll never experience it again. Those former things are passed away. We won't know what it's like to be disappointed because there'll be nothing in heaven to disappoint us. We, we, we won't disappoint one another because we'll have our glorified bodies, our glorified minds. Certainly the Lord's not going to disappoint us. Nobody's going to get to heaven and be like, well, it was made out to be much more than it is. No, nobody's entered into heaven without having the opposite thinking, it's so much more than I imagined it to be. Those, there's a lot of people today, and I, I constantly remind the people around me, and I, I want to remind us as a church that people are hurting in this world. They, they, can, they can have three cars parked in their driveway. They can live in a big house. They can have success for this world. But you go behind that door, and there's a broken life. There's broken hearts. There's broken spirits. This is the, as far as material things, there's never been a greater time that man in this country can attain material things. But I believe the burdens are greater, the heartaches are heavier, the, 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 the broken lives are evident. But you know, even in the life of Christians, we carry, we have our sorrows, don't we? We shed our tears, don't we? We carry our burdens, don't we? You know, we know what it's like to be disappointed. You know that <coughs> people we count on. A great disappointment in the life of a Christian is people we invest in. Sometimes we invest our life into people and then they turn from the things they know they shouldn't turn from. That's very disappointing. That's very hurtful. But you know, in heaven, we're never going to be disappointed. We're never going to have sorrow. We're never going to be broken hearted. You know, I don't know if this helps you, but sometimes when life brings me those things, those disappointments, those hurts, those sorrows, I remind myself that the day is coming. I won't have to comfort. I won't have to be comforted. And God comforts us, doesn't he? Aren't you thankful? But there'll be no need for the Spirit of God to comfort us because there'll be nothing to comfort us for. Because those former things will be passed away. So let me encourage you tonight, if you're carrying a burden and you got you have sorrows and you're disappointed about, about the way some things have turned out in life and you never anticipated that things would be as they are, the day is coming when we get to heaven, you'll never be disappointed. You'll, you'll, ne you'll never know what it's like to, carry, to be, be sorrowful again. And you know what? We won't even be able to sit around and talk about how bad we have it because God is wiping all those memories away. And in heaven, there's only going to be good memories. In heaven, there's only going to be good things to think. Why? Because we'll have the mind of Christ, and we're going to spend all of eternity just glorifying God. Well, sometimes sorrow keeps us from glorifying God as we should, doesn't it? Disappointment keeps us from serving the Lord as we should. It keeps us from having the joy in our heart as we could. But in heaven, as God himself wipes away those tears. No more hurt, no more sorrow, 
your battles are over. There's, there's no, no more brokenhearted. Boy, think about that. I want to go to heaven because there's no disappointment or sorrow. Number six, this is a good one. They've all been good, haven't they? It's a place of reunion. <clears throat> I, I'll use Matthew chapter number eight, verse 11. One verse that I think, it's not hidden because the Lord puts it there, but I think often the great truth in it that we'll use for this point in the midst of the teaching of the Lord, verse 11. <coughs> and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And we read about these Bible characters. What the Lord is teaching is the day's going to come. Abraham's sitting down with J Jacob and Isaac and many from the east, many from the west. You know them by name. There's going to be a, there's going to be a reunion. There's going to be a reunion with Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. And I'm reminded there's other passages we could look at tonight, but I want to go to heaven because it's going to be a reunion place. I think everybody in here knows somebody who's in heaven. People in heaven that we care about, people in heaven that we love, people in heaven that we miss, people in heaven we're separated from. What a reunion that is going to be. When God calls a saint from this side of eternity to the other side of eternity, we know this to be true. There are tears shed down here because we miss them. There are tears down here because there's sorrow. There, there's, 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 there's separation. But there's none of that on the other side. There's the, the ceasing of pain, the ceasing of discomfort in the, in the glorified body. And that's a wonderful thing. And we sometimes put an emphasis on that because we have aches and we have pains. And we're saying if we could get rid of that, that would be wonderful. But in addition to all of these wonderful things that many we won't even consider tonight because of time, one of the greatest things about heaven is going to be a reunion time. What a reunion it is going to be. Everybody we've ever known, we're going to know again in heaven. We're going to see them again. People we never knew, we're going to know them in heaven. Whether it's all people that we miss and we love, who've gone on before us, uh, there's going to be a time of reunion. Think, think about this. We say this, and it's wonderful to think about, and we comfort, we comfort one another with these words. I want you to think about this for a moment. People you love that you had not seen in a long time, it's like, oh, how many days do I get to see them? How many days do I get to see them? <coughs> and oh, when there's a separation of months, or there's even separation sometimes of years, and then I get to be reunited with that person I love. What a reunion that is. When, when I don't travel as much as I used to, but when I do travel, fly, and I come in out of the airport, you see people welcoming dad home from from deployment, or you see somebody who's been gone for a long time, somebody's been away to, to college and coming home. I always enjoy seeing that because you know there's going to be a reunion. And oh, there's a reunion, so we're going, we're, we're, we're celebrating. We're doing, think about the separation from eternity to down here. If we celebrate like that on this side of eternity, and we've been separated from somebody for weeks, months, and nowadays with technology, you don't have to send letters. It's, you can still see, it's not the same, but you can still see face to face, you can still, but that reunion, what a reunion is going to be. 
on the other side. Heaven's going to be a wonderful time. We have to get re, re, reacquainted. We have a long time to get reacquainted. And if a moment, if a, if a, if a, if a, if a year is but a moment with the Lord and a, 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 a century and a millennium is like a day, a week for the Lord, we're going to be on that same time schedule. And how much time we're going to have to spend with those who've gone on before us. What a wonderful thought. Sometimes we, we all, I have people in heaven that I, that, that I miss. I have people in heaven that, uh, that, that I feel separate, that I am separated from just as you do. And often when I miss them, I, I remind myself the day's coming that we'll see each other again. And that we won't ever have to say goodbye again. And because of what I've already stated, there's no disappointment or sorrow. <coughs> I'm not going to feel this way anymore. I'm not going to have this sorrow, this sadness, this reminder, because we are going to be together for all of eternity. How long is eternity? Well, Pastor, it's forever. Okay, well, how long is forever? Well, it's eternity. Okay, I already asked you, how long is eternity? It, 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 the mind, this, 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 this finite mind has a hard time comprehending how long forever is. We, we think of the, 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 the prophetic things in Scripture and the end times and the, in the millennial reign of Christ. We say, that's a long time. That's nothing compared to eternity. That we're going to be able to be reunited with our loved ones. Uh, <coughs> I want to... <coughs> go to heaven because it's a place of reunion. Every time somebody we love, the Lord takes to be home with him. It's just somebody else that I used to hear this said when I was younger by older preachers, especially. And and the more more people I get on the other on the other side, the, the more I have over there than over here. And certainly, you get to an age. I imagine, and I'm certainly closer there than I was uh, when I heard these old preachers say this. You get enough people on the other side, you lay up enough treasure on the other side, that reunion time, what a wonderful time that's going to be. Then number seven, and finally. So far, I've given six pretty good reasons why I want to go to heaven. But could you imagine if we got to experience those six, and there's many more, six reasons I gave tonight, but there was an expiration date on it. There was a time period on it. For so long, you're not going to have to remember those sorrows. I'm going to go to heaven, number seven. It's an eternal abiding place. We're not going to be some spirit floating around. We're not going to have, you know, angels' wings and a harp floating around on, a, on clouds. Heaven is an actual place where, 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 where those who have already gone reside. <coughs> What's it look like? I don't, I don't know. The Bible describes it. This Bible described Israel, and when I saw Israel, that's not how I pictured it in my mind. We picture and imagine. We know dimensions. We know there's mansions there. 
Well, do you think that's just an illustration? No, Jesus said, there are mansions there. I'm preparing one for you. And you want to try and convince me that Jesus would construct something and it would be a shack? Not my Lord. Uh, not, not that place. Revelation chapter 21, and this is how I'm going to conclude the Bible study tonight. It's an eternal abiding place. I think Christians need to be reminded, certainly in the day we live in, this is not all there is. This is temporary. That's why, child of God, don't live for the temporary. It's going to be gone. It's burning up. And what we lay on the other side is, is, is what is going to matter. Knowing we're there, but laying up that treasure, winning people to Christ so that they have that eternity. There's going to be, well, I invested in them and, and, and they left the things of God. Well, if they're saved, they're going to be over there on that other side. It's an eternal abiding place. When, we, <coughs> when you move from one house to another down here, you, you go and you give that forwarding address to the post office so that they send your mail to your new address. You don't just say, well, I'm going over yonder. I'll be floating out in the ether. Just make my mail get over there. No, you give an actual, this is where my new home is. Friend, when we leave this side of eternity and we pass through that portal of death, or if that trumpet sounds and we get caught up in the air with our Lord, we are going from one place to another. That is that eternal abiding place, Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, <coughs> Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. There came unto me one of the seven angels, which has the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And, he had, a, and had a wall, great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city had, lieth foursquare, and in length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, and a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel." And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. 
and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a chrysophorus, the eleventh a jacinth, the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the king of, kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were of the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, for the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of the brethren the prophets, and them which keep the sayings of this book worship God. He saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now let's skip down to verse number 17. And the Spirit of the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away the words of the books of the prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. We read verse chapter 21 and then chapter 22. Sounds like a real place to me. God gives us a lot of detail. He gives us measurements. Anybody ever buy a house and ask how many square feet it is? How big's the lot? What materials were used? Well, if we do that down here, don't we think that God would go just a little bit beyond that? And John had the privilege of seeing the new Jerusalem, this holy city. What did he see? He saw the place that all the redeemed are going to abide for eternity. I want to go to heaven. I gave you a lot of reasons tonight. I want to go to heaven because it's an eternal abiding place. There'll be a lot of things that won't be in heaven. There won't be any moving trucks in heaven. 
There won't be any moving boxes in heaven. Oh, that'll be in the other place. A wonderful abiding place. Christian, there's a lot of things down here that'll discourage us if we let it. This too shall pass. The day is coming when we will be in our eternal abiding place. Let's be faithful until we've run our race and the Lord calls us home or until that trumpet sounds. And those which are alive and remain, let's stay faithful and be encouraged and think about heaven. Think about that wonderful place that we have a residence being built, being constructed. A lot of wonderful things we can say about heaven. But tonight I just want to share seven reasons why I want to go to heaven. Now there's a lot I still want to do for the Lord. I want to affect the cause of Christ. I want to make a difference in the life of others. I want others to be able to have that eternity because of what I do down here. I trust that you do as well. But may we live as though we're ready to go. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't know. God knows. He knew our date of birth. He knows our date of death. But he also knows when he's going to tell the angel, sound that trumpet and call us home. Let's be faithful. Let's live like today could be our last day. In the morning, if we got another day, let's be faithful. Let's live like tomorrow is the last day we have. May we be faithful. May we continue to serve him. And may we give it our all. And when you get a little bit discouraged, think about heaven. When you have a sorrow, think about heaven. It's temporary. Pastor, I've been diagnosed with this, and I'm going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. That's temporary down here, too. It may be longer than you and I want to endure it, but it's still temporary. And may we endure it with grace and this light affliction. May we look to the other side. I think there's a lot of discouraged Christians who, if they just thought about heaven, they wouldn't be discouraged anymore. I don't think we, I, I don't think we think about heaven as often as we should. And we need to be reminded. So hopefully tonight, just a reminder of that wonderful place called heaven and reminder of the fact that we get to live there and our adversary won't be there. He has his day now. But the time is coming. Time is coming when he will be taken care of for eternity. What a wonderful day that's going to be. So let's, <coughs> let's be encouraged because of heaven. Father.